Hi everyone, it's Gila Glassberg and welcome to another episode of Get Into It with Gila. We are just coming off of Purim and I interviewed this guest a few weeks ago, but I wanted to put out last week's episode about um, actually the panel that Rena Reiser had put out uh, regarding uh, Nash on Purim and I really feel like that is such a big topic and I don't know about you but after because I was so hyper focused on it because I had just done sort of like this panel uh, that I released last week I was just really thinking like was the advice I gave the advice that I would take you know like how would I put that into my life and there was actually a lot of like um, self-compassion and like shame debunking for me <laughs> because um I don't know about you, but like we all, I think a lot of us struggle with guilt, mom guilt, wanting to do things right, wanting to do things perfectly. And especially if you are a healthcare professional or let's say somebody who works with moms to help their children eat, um, you want to make sure you're doing it right as well. And the thing that came up for me a lot over the course of Parham and the days to follow was like, none of us do this perfectly. Being a mom is really hard. Um, a lot of this work is trial and error, seeing what works for you and your family. And I just wanted to express that. Um, some people reached out to me with feedback about the panel, asking me questions or, uh, wanting to hear follow-ups. And I really just thought about it a lot over the course of Purim and after, and my Purim went really, really well. Thank God this year. Um, we did receive a lot of nosh, but I would say that like some of the questions I got sort of, um, expressed that they were getting like crazy amounts of food from shalachmanos. We got a lot of shalachmanos. We gave a lot of shalachmanos, but it was a type of thing that for me, I just sort of organized um, the candies with the candies and the chips with the chips and the chocolate bars with the chocolate bars and the baked goods with the baked goods. And like, that's sort of how my house runs anyways, when the kids want to grab a snack at home or when they're packing their bags for school, um, they know how it's categorized. So instead of going to Gourmet Glot this week and buying most of what I would buy in a week. I bought a little bit less because we had it filled up from Shalachmanos, but it wasn't like my kids were maybe a little bit, I would say, quote unquote, out of control, meaning super excited, looking through the bags for a little bit of it, but I felt myself feel calm about that. And that's like a normal thing for kids to do. I know I was excited to see some foods that I never get to see or I had never bought or never tried, right? So for a child, for sure, that made perfect sense. So I just wanted to put that out there. Um, a few days after Purim and today's Monday when I'm recording this intro to the podcast and um, my kids were off a half a day Wednesday then Thursday Friday Shabbos one of my children went to school yesterday but the other two were home so once they left the house this morning I was thinking wow so quiet and I could really think and process the last four days so I just wanted to express that here in the intro of this podcast because it is in real time and if you have any um, comments about the panel comments about this podcast, comments about anything on my Instagram or my website, feel free to email me. I really enjoy hearing your perspective. And if there's something I said that didn't sit right with you, I really want to hear about it. And it's important for me and for you to like flesh it out. And again, there's no right answer. And we're all on this parenting journey or life journey, right? Okay. So today's episode, I interviewed Molly Fivelson. Um, I have a podcast. She has a podcast. We met at an event here in the five towns and she had a really interesting story and I was so excited to hear her share it. So enjoy this episode. If you like this episode, please read it and review it on Apple podcast. That is really how people hear about intuitive eating, health at every size and all the other cool things that we talk about here on this podcast. 
I actually just took an IFS course, internal family systems course, and I am hoping to interview Shira Fruchter, the person who gave the course. And I've been trying to get somebody on the podcast who talks about this for a long time and it hasn't worked out. And I'm really excited that Shira has agreed to come on and hopefully release that episode before Pesach because, uh, you know, Pesach and Yantif and holidays in general bring up a lot of emotions and I'm very honest and real about that. And um, I, I posted today on my Instagram, what do you, what content do you want to hear from me? And I really am expressing that here again, too. If you want to email me or get in touch with me on Instagram with a specific question, a specific topic you want covered over Pesach, I'm happy to do that. I'm happy to show up and serve my audience now and especially before this big holiday that is (laughs) around the corner. Um, Okay, so without further ado, enjoy this episode and have a great day. Hi, everyone, and welcome to my podcast, Get Into It with Gila. I know you're going to love the content here because you will gain inspiration, powerful tools and insights, and valuable knowledge. If you want more of this, please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or visit me on Instagram at gilaglassberg. I'm Gila Glassberg, a registered dietitian and intuitive eating counselor. I've come to realize by counseling many, many women that this work is much deeper and greater than food and body image. It's the bigger picture challenges we face of love, belonging, acceptance, what our true values and goals are, noticing them, addressing them, and gaining skills to move forward. If you have been struggling with what your life's purpose is, or you just feel stuck in general and don't know what's holding you back, this podcast will enlighten and inspire you to take action and move forward. This podcast is about other women in the 21st century who feel that losing weight will fix all their problems or somehow meet their unmet needs. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Get Into It with Gila. I'm Gila Glassberg, and today I have Malia Feivelson. Hi, Malia. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Sure. I'm so excited to have you, a fellow podcaster as well. Yeah. So... Tell, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Where do you live and what do you do? Okay. Hi, guys. Molly Feivelson here. I'm from Cedarhurst, New York. I am a podcaster, media personality, content creator. I love, like, my hashtag that I live by is live, don't just exist. So many people out there are just, like, existing. Mm-hmm. And that's why I created this whole podcast because I don't want to follow the norm. I don't want to do the typical things. I want to live my happy life and create a life for myself. So I created a podcast called Hebrew Hits, where I interview different people in the Jewish community who have risen to success no matter what stood in their way. Now you may ask, what does that mean? I interview people who have been through really big challenges and did not allow those challenges to like take over, take them over, you know, like I, they did not allow these challenges to make them upset or anything. Yes, they, they, they got, they overcame them. Right. So I take people that went through challenges, basically overcame their challenges and didn't fall victim to their challenges. Very cool. So I guess I learned a little bit more about you this week when we were talking on the phone, but like, let's go over the timeline. Like how did, how did you start a podcast? Why did you choose that topic? And like you said, this is sort of like something you live by live don't just exist. I'm sure that was it didn't just happen like I'm sure that that like behind that listen I love being on different people's podcasts because I'm able to see how different people interview and you are just so comfortable you make it a comfortable setting and you're great you ask great questions so 
You're welcome. So the first question, which was um, how and when, what's the timeline, correct? Mm -hmm. So I went to college in 2017 to 2020, I think 2019, actually 2019. And I was going for interior design. Where'd you go to college for that? Nassau Community College. Okay. I, it's funny because I checked with so many different colleges, like Jewish colleges. Nobody had an interior design program. And I'm like, I don't understand. Why don't you have an interior design program? But anyways, I found this one. It was close to my house. Perfect. It worked out. Um, and my whole life, I wanted to be an interior designer. Since I was a kid, I was on this app called millsbury.com on the internet. And I'm just like making my house, designing it through like winning tokens. Um, are you like artistic or you just have a knack for it? I'm artistic. I'm good at colors. I'm good at putting things together. I'm, you know, so I'm able to, I, I have a very creative mind. I'm able to take something from nothing and, you know, create something from nothing. So anyways, I was going for interior design and I was very organized. Like my classes were set up early. Everything was taken care of. And then one day in Las Vegas, I went for my cousin's bar mitzvah. My uncle lives there. It was right before college. One of my, I get a notification. One of your classes fell through. We're not doing the class anymore. We're canceling it. And I go into like my panic mode. Like I'm very organized. Why is this happening? What am I going to do? All the classes are filled up now. Little did I know Hashem has a plan for everything. And I'm scrolling through. And now I did not need a communications course because I got credit from high school. But I found this thing that said radio production. And I was like, hmm. That sounds interesting. I don't need the class, but I want to take it. So this was the one class I took for myself. I never just took classes for myself in college. I just was like, let's get the degree. Let's get out of here. And I was like, this sounds interesting. Um, so I thought it was going to be a class of just writing notes, listening. I walk in the first day, my amazing professor, oh my gosh, an amazing guy, walks in and he's like, good afternoon, ladies and gents. And he like does a twirl. And I was like, okay, this is going to be an interesting uh, semester. And he takes me, he said, okay, Malia, go into the recording studio and just record. He gave me a piece of paper. He said, record this. And the whole class is watching. And as I'm recording, I'm like, whoa, I feel like me. Like, I feel like myself. This is what I want to do. And I remember like, I came home and I was like, my, I want to quit interior design. She's like, no, 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 you have one year left. You're going to finish it. So I ended up finishing interior design. But in the meantime, uh, this director of the college radio station, Sean Novat, um, he came to our class and he said, hey, guys, there's this college radio station. Fill out this application, mail it, email it, whatever you want. Uh, if you want to join, join. I looked at it. I'm like, I don't know what this is. You know, days are going by. I don't know what this is. About a week later, I'm literally go into my car and I pass right by the station. And I'm like, you know what? I am not going to fill out this application. I'm going to go down in person and introduce myself and not leave until I get a yes. So I went down to the station. I sat with him. I sat for an hour and I took his phone. I was showing him, I make videos. I do this. I could do this. I'm showing him things I could do. And then right away, he's like, can you stay till five today? After an hour. I was like, it's only 2.30. I mean, college is over, but sure. What do you want me to do? He's like, I want you to host the news tonight. I'm like, okay, what do I have to do? <laughs> so I went on the computer, ended up 
like finding news, putting it into paragraphs, like finding intriguing news. And then that's how I started going on radio. Um, oh, one remember- second, hold on, hold on. So you are an interior design student. You take this class fall through, you take a class on radio production, and then they're passing out a flyer about college students joining the radio show. Yeah, exactly. The radio you show station. up to the radio station and they ask you to host the news that night and you're exactly. not nervous or. Oh, I was petrified. I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, oh my God, what is going to happen? And I walk out, I remember, and an intern looked at me like so mad. They hated me when I came for three months. I had to win them over. At the end, everybody loved me, but the, the director loved me, but the students and the interns, they, they told me even, they're like, they're like, Molly, when you came in, we hated you. You came in like, you know, you get a thing right away. You get on the radio. And I really had to win them over. Um, but anyways, about this, um, the intern, I walk out and the intern says, she's going on the radio tonight. I've been here for three months. I'm not even allowed in the air, in the on-air studio. So it was just like interesting. So they, for some reason, they didn't connect with me right away. I'm the only from Jew. I'm right. basically like one of the only females. Radio was right male dominant mm-hmm. so I also didn't allow cursing like I'd walk in and somebody would say f this I'm like ah oh, not in front of me mm-hmm. and I would dive in and you know at the end a few months later a guy was cursing and he goes oh my god I'm so sorry Molly I'm so sorry I I, I didn't realize you were here and then once I won them over I was davening in the back studio and a guy walked in he walked right out he's like everybody Molly is praying Shh, Molly is praying so like it took time it took time because they weren't used to who I, like a from Jew. Um, but yeah, at the end, it was great. And that's really what started my radio career. And I loved radio from, from that. So I hope that answers your first question. It does sort of, but okay. So they, you spoke that night and I guess it went well. Oh, so on the radio. Yeah. So the way radio works is the host starts and goes, it is 96 degrees right here in our studios in Garden City. We're going to be talking about the local news, da, 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 da. and you go from one thing to the next. In nas- the national news, da, 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 da. the international news, da, 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 da. and like I don't know why I'm looking at my watch, <laughs> but anyways, it does like that kind of sequence. And there's a tiny little commercial, very short break. There's no breaks in in, in news. It just goes, goes, goes. So during this like one minute break. Um, the director runs in and he goes, Malia, you're gold. He said, you sound golden on the mic, you're staying. And that's where I stayed for the next like two, year and a half, two years. You worked there? They paid you? I ended up working. No, but it was all learning. It was, I didn't consider an internship. I considered it working, but my college went like this. I got to college at 8.30. I had a class for three hours. 12 o'clock, I was on the, I I was at the radio station. I ran to the radio station, did my hour show. One o'clock, my new class started one to three three thirty I was back at the radio station doing a the news right so till five and then I went and then I stayed there and I did an evening show till about like I don't know what time that ended 7 30 p.m so I was doing three shows in one day like it was insane it was back to back um my heart was in radio so much more than it was in interior design I've designed my parents house I mean dining room um and I've done the hallway and I've done the front door, but I don't know, my, my heart is really much in this conversation, mm-hmm. talking mm-hmm. to someone, getting to know someone, finding out about what their story is, mm-hmm. you know? 
Yeah. So you did that for a year and a half as a student. Yeah. And um, and you said that was like in 2019, 2017 to 2019. So then you you finished your interior design degree. And then yeah, yeah. you that's when you started, you're like, okay, I really want to do radio. So you started your own podcast. Like how did that transition? Okay, so very good question. Thank you very much for asking. Um, so I finished college August 2019. And during my years in college, I would be going to 1010 Wins, 880 News, WSAN, um, 1027, Entercom Studios, which in, has all of these um, radio stations. Um, I actually think I saw um, Ben Shapiro. I didn't know who he was, but I saw a Jewish guy. And now I'm like, that was probably Ben Shapiro when he was starting out. It's crazy know? that you got into those like really big shows. Like you, you know, like was yeah, that, that Serious XM. How did you, how did that, how? <laughs> so all through my college, there were, there were tours that were given to the first mm -hmm. students that sign up. So I was like, I'm going. Mm -hmm. And I didn't just go as a student. I went as someone that wants to make connections. So I walk into WFAN, there's this amazing guy, producer, Sean Moraz. I know there's two Sean's in my story, I guess it's a radio name. So Sean Moraz, um, he looks at me and he's like, I'm giving you my card. He say, I see, he's like, I see tons of students every single day come in here. I don't see that many that actually, um, I don't see that many students that actually want to stay in contact. I don't see that many students that want to build a connection. So he said, I'm giving you my card, call me at any time. So I, you know, took him up on it and I called him. I said, I want to come down to WFAN. I want to show you how I use my voice. I want to show you, I want to just be in that, that zone. So he calls me down. So I, I went down, I had an appointment and I saw the show go on. I was in the back room watching. I met all the people. I shook their hands. I introduced myself. Um, and then Sean says, okay, let's go to the studio. And I went to the studio, I took the mic, I showed him what I do. And then he's like, I have a friend in LA who you may want to get in touch with. So I got in touch with that person, didn't end up coming to fruition. But from there, gave me the confidence to say, okay, I'm going to meet almost, I'm going to go and just meet as many radio people as I can. So I, wherever I am, like I went to the CM Hashas, I went up to the news people. I went to, to CNN. I went to Tim Sheld. Um, I went to 880 News, 1010 Wins, whoever was there. And I was like, Hey, tell your boss to say hi. Let's take a picture. Let me send it. This, that, you know. Um, and I did interviews with them. I did interviews with CNN. I, I made sure I put myself out there. Um, and then I went to LA to meet the producer, the executive producer of Ryan Seacrest. My aunt knows the executive producer. His name is Billy. Um, well, William, but whatever. He's called Billy by his friends. And from there, he, like we set up an appointment, I met him, I went around the room, like I met all of the executive producers at Ryan Seacrest show. I actually sat down in Ryan's chair. If Ryan's listening. <laughs> I'm sure, you know, I'm sure he does listen to my podcast, you know. Of course he does, yeah. by the way he will. He yeah, just totally. hears people talking about him and he, and you know, <laughs> so anyways, I, I did that with Ryan Seacrest. I, I like, it was very cool. Um, and from there, that was summer of 2019. From there, I realized that from the, the conversations I've had with these executive producers, I realized I do not want to go into the radio field in the non-Jewish radio. I'd rather build something up myself from ground zero. Um, was there a part, can I just interrupt you for a second? Was there a part yeah, of you that wanted to like 
connect with existing Jewish radio stations? Like I know there's I'm not from Siegel. Like was that or you're like, no, I want to no. do my own thing. It doesn't the, for some, it doesn't really intrigue me that much. Um, because I have a background in non-Jewish radio and it's so different and so much more exciting than just the typical Jewish radio station, you know? Um, I was like, I was meeting famous people. Like I met famous people with Sirius XM. I've I've seen Miley Cyrus and um, just a bunch of different people that I, and it was just very exciting. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm chasing, I'm not chasing celebrities, but it was a different level, you know? Um, So I did, I was going to interview Nachum Siegel on my show, but I'm just figuring out like, you know, different things. But anyways, what they told me there was, it was very, like really like changed my view of radio. Um, They said to me two things. Number one, you have to follow your passion. You have to go after what you want. And they're like, so this guy, Bill, Billy, he said, what you're doing, you're doing that exact thing. You're going after what you want. And that's amazing. You're meeting the right people. You're putting yourself in the right place. The other thing is, is radio, they could just tell you when they want you to leave. They could just tell you like when they want you to switch jobs and you have to follow, you have to go. He said, look around the room. Now, tons of people in the room and he's going through everyone. He goes, that person's divorced. That person is never married. That person is separated from their wife. Like everybody had another story. And I was like, wow, this is very interesting. I don't want to lead that kind of life. So I'm going to start something on my own, which is much harder to do, but it's going to be much more rewarding once I actually accomplish it, you know? Mm-hmm. Now I'm not starting a radio station. I'm doing something very different. And it's not just podcasting. I'm developing a new kind of um, idea that hasn't really been done before. So I'm still working on it, but it's been taking time. Listen, it's already 2022 and I've been in radio since 2017, you know? Yeah. So let me, okay. So let me just go back to the timeline and the personal story, by the way, like, this is just like, I love to do this. Like I need to get the whole Okay. So and the funny thing is, is I actually recently interviewed my sister, Tamar Garnick. I don't know if you know her, but she's like an actress. Like she's oh, cool. in the Jew, in the Jewish movies, like the Molly, and she's not in the Molly videos, but she's in um, Malky Weingarten's videos. I don't know if you ever heard of them. Anyways. Yeah, yeah, of course I know her. Yeah. Yeah. So it was my sister. Tamar was in. Very cool. Was She was like the star of the Hush Hush. Video. Oh, nice. That was my sister. Nice, yeah. nice. So she, when she was a teenager, like she was already very into acting and she was like the star of the high school show. Like she kind of like knew that that was like something she was really good at and spoke to her. But it sounds like from your story, you were like doing interior design, which both are very creative outlets. I would say radio and interior design, mm-hmm. totally different skill set. But it sounds like that wasn't like, it's not like you were like, you were like doing some sort of radio in high school you were doing that was like some it kind of makes sense because you're like an extrovert or you're like the geo president or whatever like where like like did you see that coming like or it was just once you got in front of the mic you just were like yeah this is what I want to do okay I absolutely love this question because I'm going to be 100% honest First of all, radio is very different than podcasting. So if you have a podcast and you're listening to this, it's very different. I just want to say it's very different. So when we talk about radio, we are not talking about podcasting. Um, so, Well, you're going to have to answer after why, that's so, why they're so different. They're so, oh my gosh, they're so different. Well, first of all, there's no huge console and there's people. Okay, anyway, we'll get into that. Okay. But, okay. So radio, I, I remember calling one of my friends and I was like, 
I'm not going to say her name. I was like, oh my God, you have no idea. Like there's something called radio out there. I didn't know that was a job. Right. I didn't know that was a thing. I felt like people are just on the radio talking. Right. Like I didn't realize you could make a career out of that. I had no idea until I went to college, found radio production because one of my classes fell through. Now I would have never looked at that. Right. I looked at the classes that were available right. and there were not that many classes available the week before right. college started. Totally. Um, so I found radio production. And I remember when I went on the radio, I was like, what? People make a career out of this? Mm. I had no idea what it even meant. So mm. I was like learning from scratch about, you know, potentiometers and faders and this and that and dry liners and wet liners and all that. But I had no idea that radio was actually a career. So that's a very good question. Once I got in front of the mic, something inside me was like, this is what I meant to do. I am meant to connect to people. So here we are. But are you, okay. Okay. But there's lots of careers where you, you're connecting to people, right? Like there's, right. there's, there's therapists and there's dietitians and there's nurses and there's, those are jo connecting jobs, right? And there's podcasting, which you say is so different than radio. So what about, and I guess like a sub question is like, do you consider yourself like a really big go-getter? Are you an extrovert? Are you the type of person that like walks into a crowd and like works the crowd? Cause that's like, like, I'm just thinking of like sitting in front of a mic. First of all, I have a really serious fear of public speaking, which is funny because I always tell people that podcasting is nothing like public speaking. Does it make me nervous? It's a conversation. a conversation with someone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even though it's like funny because some people tell me they're like, I would feel so much more nervous because I don't know what the other person's going to say. I'm like, no, that's prompting me. Versus, yeah, versus public speaking is like, you just have to like remember what you wanted to say and the flow. And that's like, much scarier to me obviously a different skill set but you know what I'm saying like you're you're like in front of them like connecting to the audience and you're like this is what I want to do I want to connect but what on what, what what what's different about that connecting versus versus a different type of connecting to be honest I recently told my mom I'm like ma I, I I didn't I was just going with oh radio was thrown at me so let's do it and I love it I would have been a great therapist Mm -hmm. And I still could be people come on my show and they're like, Malia, this is so therapeutic. Like the questions you're asking, because it's more of like uh, getting deep into who they are. Why are they who they are? My show is not about what someone does. My show is about who are you at the core? Mm -hmm. And I go through that with the person. I go deep with them. So I would have been a good therapist. Um, so that it's a good question. Why radio? And if I can read a room. So I'll tell you about, about running like a room, let's say. I used to practice this when I went to shul. I used to go to the Kiddush and I used to make sure I spoke to everybody. And I, the Chavis, even if it was small talk, but I said something to not every single person there, but mostly everybody that I wanted to speak to. And even if I didn't want to speak to them, I made sure I put myself out there. So I could walk into a room and I could speak to everybody within, like at a wedding. I remember I went to a wedding, within 20 minutes, I had all the conversations I wanted to have. Um, went from one person to the next to the next. So I definitely, um, in a crowd, I'm good. One-on-one, -on -one, I'm also good. I like talking one-on-one. -on -one. Um, in a crowd of people that I don't vibe with, I don't put myself out there because I just, I'm not interested in connecting with those people. But mm -hmm. in a crowd that I'm like, wow, you're amazing. There's energy here. There's vibrance. Let's go, let's connect, let's connect. So when there's that connected energy, 
then I definitely connect more with people. Um, what was the other thing you asked me? I guess I'm just trying to think, like, do you consider yourself an extrovert? Like you're fueled by a crowd? So I get energy through productivity and I get energy with people. People give me energy, but I'm very introverted at the same time. I'm never going to say anything about myself, really. Like, I, yes, I'm on a podcast. I'm talking about my life, what I've done, but I talk about what I do. I don't mm -hmm. always talk about myself. Um, so I guess you consider that like an extrovert because I'm super fun. I'm out there. I like to get to know people, connect with people, um, but I'm also an introvert. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, they say, they say that there's no such thing as like introvert, extrovert. It's like percentage, like 50%, 50%. But like, like let's say, um, okay, so I have a bunch of questions on this. First of all, I can't help but ask you, can I just guess? You said you have brothers. I know your sister from GNF okay. on the girls' night out, right? Is it Rifkala? Yeah, Rifkala. And you have another sister? Malki. Are you in the middle? Yes. So the, there are two <laughs> older than you, then you're in the middle, then you have two younger brothers? No, I have two brothers older, two sisters, and four younger brothers. Oh, you have a really big family. Yeah. So you're like the type, I'm one of nine, I'm one of nine, and the fourth of nine. Okay, I'm fifth. Of nine? Yeah. So nine. Okay, so you're right in the middle. Yeah. Um, I'm really weird. I just like really like to guess people because did you okay? I don't know if you ever heard of Dr. Lehman. He wrote the book like the birth order book. I heard of him, yeah. Yeah. I don't believe in everything he says, but I was reading it recently because it's like so interesting. But um it makes sense, it definitely makes sense, like that, like connecting and like I think the, the thing that I guess that I'm definitely like intro more introverted than extroverted. Uh, like we were talking about going to like a conference, right? To yes, help build yes. your name and your brand. And like, I always have- Are to you think, going? I'm, I'm still thinking about it. Well, we'll Did you get a ticket it. though? I got a ticket. Yes. Yeah, I just have to work out my okay. Sunday schedule. Um, Amazing. But like, I'm always like a little hesitant because it's not that I'm like bad in a crowd. I just maybe have like some social anxiety or like you never know what the crowd's going to be like. Um, I'm also like an out of towner and when I came to New York like that like whole vibe of like people already being friends like that clickiness like I didn't deal with as a kid and I dealt with it at, like only in high school and it was like so debilitating like you don't expect it because you think like I'm normal you know why is no one talking to me but like yeah obviously as an adult you reflect that and you're like oh they're just clicky you're not weird but it makes you feel weird you know what I mean anyways so that's what I'm asking you because like radio like I'm thinking of myself sitting in front of a mic and um being asked to go on air and being like having a panic attack and you were like fueled by it yeah and, and by the way like it's true like that could that could also like you said connection like connecting with one-on-one -on -one in like a therapy type of type of setting totally could be like your calling or it could be like something that you're also really good at but it sounds like it sounds like the radio fuels you like it sounds like yeah. the energy or the like you said like the excitement the adrenaline is like something that like really speaks to you yeah so anything action-based that is a little scary um definitely makes me excited like I get energy from things that are like a little bit dangerous mm -hmm. you know like um, roller coasters bungee jumping like that type so roller coasters I, I I liked as a kid now that I'm getting older <laughs> like my head to stay straight up <laughs> oh my god I used to love roller coasters and then we went to roller coasters when we were like newly married I'm like oh I'm gonna die now and I'm like oh my god I'm so 
<sighs> oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, people, good energy, not just people, good energy gives me like life. Like it gives me excited. Like I, I know that like when I was making a hundred calls a day for my networking event, which I created when I was 24, which I'm not that much older now, <laughs> but when I created my networking event, I called a hundred people. I was on fire. I 10 o'clock at night from like the morning I finished at 10 PM. I got my hundredth call in and I was going, I was not tired, but then there are days when I'm not doing nothing and I'm exhausted. I can't do anything. I get fueled by action. If I'm doing things, I'm excited. I'm happy. I feel healthy, mm -hmm. but I'm not. Then I am. Then, then I just feel like, ugh. You know, some people could just sit there and like twiddle their thumbs all day and they're fine. Right. They, they don't have to be productive, you know? Or there's different levels, there's different types of productivity. Exactly. I agree with that. Right. Like, I think that like, because like, I'm an, like, I'm an entrepreneur, I started my own business. You started your own business. Like I tell that to people all the time. Like, I just can't do the same thing every single day. That's why like having my own business really speaks to me because like some days I'm doing podcasting some days I'm doing counseling some days I'm doing speaking some days I'm just in front of my computer doing admin stuff or something creative on Instagram you know so that you also have a hard time working for people though yes I do have a hard time working for people there's a part of me now that's like wishing that there was like a little like one day of my week that had structure you yeah. know like one day a week I was going into school but I really try to always remind myself that like like if you would see my life, like just a few years ago, like first it was, um, I was working full-time in a nursing home, not doing anything on my own. And then I quit that job and I was starting my business. And then I was working part-time in nursing homes. Um, what were you doing in the nursing home? I'm a dietitian. Oh, in the nursing home. Oh yes. For five years. Oh, wow. Yes. Amazing. Clinically trained dietitian. Oh, it wasn't amazing. I did not like one day of it. Oh, not one day of it really it's a totally different job than than doing it in private practice first of all and second of all in the nursing home you don't like pick your clientele right you know so like that yeah but from what I'm hearing is you also you want to be you want to have that one-on-one -on -one connection with people. right right so like in nursing home residents for the most part don't they're not requesting speaking to a dietitian for counseling. They're just some background of dietitians in nursing homes. Okay. Your, diet, your dietitian lady or your food lady or your kitchen lady. That's what people refer to you. Oh no. Yeah. And you're like the, you're sort of like a hybrid between like a glorified waitress and like sort of a clinician. Uh, because you're like, there's a very weird differentiation between who's the dietitian and who's the food service manager and who you tell what to because mm. we put people on like their therapeutic diets right so like and so we work very closely with the kitchen to make sure they don't get like if they're diabetic if they're low sodium like if they have renal disease whatever but like we don't we're not like in charge of the ordering right. of the food we're not in charge of the kitchen usually so they're like I hate my lunch it's too hot I'm like sorry I'll tell the kitchen again that you don't like your lunch so hot or cold, you know, whatever. So it's just yeah. like super like unfulfilling for me. Some people really like it. I know dietitians that really like working in the nursing home, but for me, like totally not my skill set. So I think maybe if I liked the job working under someone, would it be so bad? But that combined with really not liking it. And also like, yeah, I definitely have like my own. I, I, I'm very much like, why do I have to do it this way? Like, can I just do it this way? Like, no, this is the rule like that. Like, it's so hard for yeah. me. Like, 
but this is so much more efficient. And like, I remember when I was a student, like getting in a fight with one of my like supervisors, she's like, this is just how it's done. And this is how we do it. And I'm like, but I know I could figure out such a more efficient way to do it. She's like, you're so yeah. lazy. Just do it this way. This is the way oh you do it. Like, I'm not lazy. I'm the opposite of lazy. I just want to get more done. Like, you, you know? know what I'm hearing from you? And which is amazing is that, you know, your value and you don't, you didn't feel, let me know if I'm wrong. You didn't feel like you were being valued in that other place. And so many people have a hard time seeing their value. So many people have a hard time saying that they're more valuable than what they're being treated as. And here you're working in the nursing home. You hated it because you may have felt that you were just a food lady or a lunch lady, kitchen lady, but they weren't seeing your full true value. And now when you're doing what you actually feel, you're bringing true value to people and they see your value, you're so much more fulfilled. Right, so true. And also like the funny thing is though, is like uh, any dietitians listening to this or anyone who's like working in a field they don't like and they're like, I hear this from a lot of people, like, but what else should I do? Like, let's say, even if you're like a nurse, or if you're like, trying to think of people who, who a teacher, whatever, and you're thinking like, but what else should I do? Like, I don't want to start my own business. Like, I hear that. It's not for everyone. Yeah. But like, a lot of times, it's like, just redirecting that energy, like, and then, and then you hit a brick wall, because you're like, like, let's say with, with starting your own practice with, as a dietitian. So like, you have a lot of trouble charging like the going rate because it's like people are like what that's your rate and it's like yeah that's the going rate for a private practice dietitian right yeah so like a lot of I did work with a business coach but that's like a lot of it is like yeah that's my worth right like that's that's all my years of schooling and that's all my years of training and that's all my years of you know whatever so like in the, so yes I was able to quit the job after a long time wow good for you yeah I really didn't like it. And I don't think anyone should stay in a job that they like literally hate. And, you know, you get a lot of messages also, like no one likes their job or like you got to make money for your family. And it's like, it was, it's, I had a lot of conflicting emotions about it. Cause I was like, I don't want to be one of these difficult people. Like I want, this is my career. I chose it. And like, there's no other jobs besides for clinical jobs. But then at the same time, I was like, I see that people are moving to private practice. Like I see I could do it, but it's scary. Yeah. It is really scary. It's a very, big it risk. is very scary. And it's a big risk. And I'm happy that you took the plunge. And also don't ever lower your value. Like someone says that's how much you're worth. I heard a thing. 30% of people are not supposed to be able to afford you. So when I present my product to somebody or my service, they can't afford me. I'm like, okay, listen, right. like I could try to work with you and see if we could give you a different package. If I can help you out different ways, because I like to help people out, but your value is your value. And you have to be strong with that because once you're, you're strong, people are going to appreciate it so much more. And 100%. you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So let's go back to you for a second. <laughs> um, so, so you were in radio Okay, so you started this podcast called Hebrew Hits. Now, you could share with us however much you want. Like, if it's like a secret, you said, like, you're working on something. But how did the podcast come to be? Also, why the name Hebrew Hits? Like, was it, you said, um, you interview people who have, like, risen to the challenge of, like, a really tough life. So was that the goal of the podcast? Did somebody collaborate with you to create this podcast? Like, how did that happen? Okay, so very good question. So the way Hebrew Hits came to be, I went to my college radio station director, Sean Nova, and I said, Sean, there's a German show here on 90.3 WHPC. There's a German show. There's a Spanish show, Italian, American, a rock band, 60 different shows of all different kinds of communities and types of people. 
I said, why is there no Jewish show? And he said, well, Malia, if you can bring the people in, then I will have a Jewish show on the radio for you and you'll get your own hour. And I was like, okay, well, I could do it. So I sat with him for many years. I'm like, not many years, but like, a few, let's say a year and a half. And I was just like, what should the name be? Like, I, I did this pretty much within a few months of starting. I was like, I want a Jewish show. He's like, let's come up with a name. So we're looking, we're looking, we're looking, we're looking. And we came up with the name Hebrew Ritz. I was going to play Jewish music. And in between the songs, I was going to either play a wet liner or a dry liner. We don't know is, what that is. Okay. So a dry liner is, let's say, let's say I'm trying, let's say my radio station is called Poland Spring. Well, Poland Spring. Okay. All right. mm-hmm. So you're listening to Poland, you're listening to Hebrew hits on Poland Spring, right? So Poland Spring is a radio station. A dry liner would be right when the song plays is um, Poland Spring is the best radio station in the world. Go listen on 90.3 WHPC. Okay, dry liner, no music. When you play a dry liner, you need to, when you play a liner, which is in between each song, if you see on the radio, they'll have pre-recorded messages about the radio station. So you have to play music on top of any liner. You can't just play a dry liner, means no music. So when you're taking a dry liner, let's say 10 seconds, you gotta find a song that has a 10 second instrumental intro to play on top of the song, fade it down, raise the volume of the liner, and then slowly fade up the music to go straight into the radio, um, right in, straight into the song. A wet liner would be exactly the same words, just pre-recorded music la 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 as poland spring as this is being said so most people like to use wet liners because you don't have to do anything you don't have to measure up the time you Mm -hmm. just dump it in and dump it in um but according to radio you have to play wet and then dry and then wet and then dry that's how it goes um so why am i saying this why am i talking about liners oh because hebrew hit so it was going to be like uh he a jewish song Let's say I'd play Shweki or Avram Freed, you know, and then I'd play one of the liners and then I'd go back into, into the song and then I would speak for a minute the next, right when the song is over, then I speak and then I go back to a song, back to a liner. That's what the song was going to be. Hebrew hits made sense because it's like Jewish hits, like Jewish music hits. So I thought HH sounded good. Then when I decided to start my own thing, um, I was on Instagram looking, how can I get started with this? And I came across this radio thing, radio station, or well, podcast really station called J Tribe Radio. And I was like, okay, I don't know what that is, but I need to keep myself in front of the mic. I need to keep myself practicing. So I reached out to them and they're like, hey, you want to show amazing? So they sent me the equipment. Um, they got me started. Oh, you reached yeah, out to them. I reached out to them and they're like, well, Molly, oh my gosh, so cool, blah, blah. Ended up knowing the guy. Um, yes, the Axelrod, great guy. And um, I ended up starting through them. And I didn't promote my show anywhere. It was like a logo that I didn't love. Um, it just, I, I didn't promote it. It was for me to practice. And I put out a show every single week with music and liner, music and liner, music and liner. Um, and then COVID hit. And I decided, you know what? People are home. Let me interview people. So I started interviewing people like seven minutes in, I would say, okay, we're taking a break for this song and I would play a song. So instead of being a liner now in between each song, it was actually 
like seven minutes and then a song, seven minutes and then a song. And this was on J Tribe Radio, their radio, a Jewish radio station. It's a Jewish, not a station, podcast. Podcast, got it. They have a bunch of shows. Ended up being that they helped me get started with all my stuff. Um, And they, yeah, so they would post it as well. And I just kept doing it. And once I started actually interviewing people, I interviewed this guy, Ben Taplin, who most people know from Instagram. I'm not sure if you know who he is. But, okay, so he's a guy that walks around with like, he's on Simple Spot all the time. He walks around with like a oxygen tank. Now Baruch is doing better, but he's always on Simple Spot posting with the Chassan and Kalas. Okay. Anyways, I interviewed him. And at the end of, the, I didn't know like why I was interviewing people. Everything was very, you know, I wasn't, I didn't have a theme. Mm-hmm. I just like, let's interview people about their life. So I interviewed Ben Kaplan and he said something like, yeah, well, I'm just doing my thing or whatever. I said, no, but it's what you do with what you have that makes a difference. It just came to my head. And he says to me, you got to put that on a t-shirt. And I was like, you know what? That's my tagline. So I finished that. That was my second interview or third, second or third interview. I finished that. And then I was like, that's my thing. It's what you do with what you have that makes a difference. Instead of just interviewing random Jewish people, I'm going to focus on people that went through extreme struggles and overcame them. Ben Taplin um, says in his interview that he like, quote unquote, died four times. Wow. He died a few times, like his body, like according to the hospital, like he died and then they, he got, you know, revived. But I realized I'm like, mm-hmm. this is a powerful, this is very powerful. So from there, I ended up stopping to do music because I got kicked off Spotify for adding music yeah. to my show. So I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. All my shows like went in the garbage. I had to re-upload everything from the beginning. It was like really, it was not fun. But now I interview people and people do want the music back. So I'm gonna see if I can figure out a way to put the music back into the podcast. But that's where I am right now. And I've also been doing this thing where I, I'll give you a little sneak peek. I've also been doing this thing where I try to um, travel to as many places as I can. And I interview different people along the way. So I went to Alaska. I have 10 episodes or 11 episodes filmed from Alaska. I went to Massachusetts. I filmed. I'm going to Florida soon to film. I'm going to Israel, um, Bezrat Hashem for Pesach. So I'm going to film there as well. And it's just about living. My whole existence is about, it's funny, my whole existence is about don't just exist. Um, So I want to, I really want to live a life that's different. That's not on a hamster wheel. That's not just Mm. doing the same thing. Just waking up, eating, going to work, going to sleep, waking up, eating, you know, that's not what I want out of my life. So I'm doing something different. It's much more challenging than just having a job because there's no security right now, like where I'm at. Um, I understand, you know, but you know, Um, I want to say one thing about that podcast. Um, name or or ta- or what did you say that it was about tagline the, the tagline yeah the theme really so like um when I was starting my podcast almost two years ago I think it was two years ago um it was right before COVID right because we're in March and it wasn't because of COVID like it just happened to be that I was starting it and um I listened to this podcast a lot it's called Dietitian Boss by Libby Rothschild it's not if you're not a dietitian you won't find it appealing okay, except okay. that she's really like a, an excellent entrepreneur and she's like really puts herself out there Libby Rothschild and 
she always one of her main themes is like just start don't start perfect start like if you want to start a podcast if you want to start a website if you want to start a practice and then like make lots of mistakes and fix them and learn and so like I think and I tell it to people they're like yeah it's my perfectionism that really holds me back because I don't think my website's perfect the colors aren't perfect the podcast isn't perfect I don't have the perfect name and like you said like episode two like he said that it sort of like um informed the rest of the podcast in a way so like yeah I mean my show has developed so much since then it's embarrassing to look back at my original videos but I'm proud of them because I did it because you did it and you got so much better yeah they're horrible coloring the logo was horrible I had no website I only got a website I only finally created and finally finished my website a month ago and it's still not perfect I still am trying to fix the picture I have a photo shoot coming up one of these days and I am going to put up a better picture but my quality was horrible my sound was not good um the the video is just gray and ugly and doesn't look good it's horrible you know but listen you grow like as you go I didn't even realize that my when I was doing my podcast originally it was just on the speaker view Mm. so like if I would be talking you could only see me and it was right. like a giant screen of me. And right. then I realized you could put it on both side right. by side. Right. It's just so much more professional. Right. Um, it's Funny. just about perfecting. Like I've come a long way since I started and I have a long way to go as well. I'm not, right. I'm not there yet. You know, I'm still growing. It's very much trial and error. And I think like to anyone who's thinking about starting something like just, st- they, what does Brene Brown say? Like start sloppy, you know, like start sloppy and like, <laughs> figure it out I think that's such good advice in life because I think a lot of us are held back by perfectionism or wanting it to be perfect so now so it's been a year and a half since your show started are you like do you are you happy with how it's going do you see it changing in the future like where do you see it going so I just before I even answer that I just want to say um my on Facebook which you know you can follow me Molly Fivelson if you want to see some content um my tap my line that I put up there years ago years ago, probably when I made the account is my bio is you don't have to be great to start. You have to start to be great. Mm-hmm. And I love that quote. And like, I thought I was very original. Then I saw somebody else posted and I messaged them. I'm like, hello, you stole my quote. Like that was mine. I didn't realize it was like for everybody. Uh, but, cool. right. <laughs> I thought it was like my quote. Um, but you asked me about where do I see my podcast going? So right now, I am continuing to interview people who have overcame their challenges. Right now I'm building a studio in my basement. I said, I started off my podcast on conference call. So there was no video, it was sound and it was fuzzy and it wasn't great, Um, but it was good. At least I got the story. Then I moved on to Zoom where it was gray and whatever. Then I finally perfected the lighting and I got a better idea of Zoom. Mm -hmm. And now I'm at the place and the time where I'm like enough with Zoom, I wanna do, I want to interview people in in real life. So I'm building a studio in my basement. Hopefully it's not going to take too long until it's finished, but it's a big process. It's not an easy thing to just build a studio. Um, So I'm doing that in my basement. And where do I envision it? Hebrew Hits is something that I will always carry with me that I I want to interview people, but I don't know what what will be in the future. I'm trying to create a new show. I'm trying to get in touch with producers and see if they can actually distribute my show to higher places than let's just say YouTube and stuff like that. Like I'm mm-hmm. looking for bigger, bigger opportunities. And that's just me putting myself with people that can, I help you. And then you help me 
you know, we work together, um, ecosystem mergers, you know, it's not just about collabing, it's taking your entire community that you built, my entire community that I built, and then working together, and then you have a giant community. So um, I'm just looking to, I, you know, grow and, and do what I love in a sense where I could travel, which is what I love, and interview people along the way. That's really where I'm headed. Um, but that's not developed yet. So Hebrew is still going strong. Got it. That's really cool. And are you, do you experience, like, how does your family feel about this, like, unconventional job? Do you get any, like, um, pushback for, like, I don't know, it sounds, I don't know any other from female people in radio or, you know what I mean? Like, how, how did that land on your family? So some people were like, don't do it till you're married. And they Why were not? Like, don't start this because you're too much out there, you know, all that. But for me, it's like, I have had to defend my character every single like day from like the first year I started on LinkedIn. I grew my LinkedIn tremendously just within a year um, and huge following. And I, every time I had to defend my character, like a guy messaged me, he's like, you're not really the same nice and happy that you are on LinkedIn than what you are in real life. I said, Zoom me right now, let's have a meeting. You'll see I'm the same person. And then when he got on the video, he's like, whoa, you're really that same person. I'm like, yeah, I'm not fake. Um, so I'm still not married. So if anybody has a shidduch for me, um, that's well, we'll, put your, we'll put your info in the show notes. In the, okay, amazing. So if you have anybody, um, just a good, solid, nice, like gentleman, you know, that's not intimidated by a girl that is following her dreams and not just doing what everybody else is doing, message Kila. Um, yes, definitely. I, I do. I like to say I'm a shachan, you know, like you know, my, yes. my husband made two shachan, I have to say that, so. Amazing. Yes. Okay, so then you have to tell your husband about me. I'm not scared to say that on the podcast because I heard like now he gets like a little stalked when I say that because people okay. think he really is a shachan, but I'm happy that you guys want to reach out to him. I'll put the number in the show notes. Listen, at the end of the day, like I really put my entire belief in Hashem is my friend just messaged me yesterday and she's like, look at this class. There's like a dating coach on Instagram that was saying like, if you are done with dating, like, and you're sick of it, don't worry, I'm here for you, I know, I'll, I'll teach you, I'll guide you, and I said, and my friend's like, look how amazing this is, I'm like, that's her sales pitch, right, like, that's her sales pitch, I said, I don't need someone to sell me a dating coach, like, right. I need Hashem, and that's it, Hashem is the only one that's going to ultimately send me, I've done the Shidduch events, I've done the Sharchanim, I've done the websites, I am like, just right now, like, I'm like done with that. I'm like, you know what? Hashem is going to send me someone. Have faith in Hashem. Hashem will send me somebody good. And that's it. Hashem is the ultimate chachin, the only one that you need. Um, so back to my family, my mom thinks it's like so cool. She's always like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like I just interviewed my grandmother. I have a whole mini series that came out. Um, a lot of people know about the Holocaust. Most people don't know about World War II. My grandmother mm. was living in Burma. She, had to, she lived in Burma. She escaped from Burma. She lost everything. She had to hide in trenches while the Japanese were shooting machine guns at them. There's a whole story of history that people do not know. And this is a precious piece of history because we've heard the Holocaust. It's horrible. I'm not mm -hmm. diminishing it at all. Right. We've heard these Holocaust stories. We don't know the stories of people during the war and mm -hmm. what happened during the war. So um, I just put out that podcast and it's serious. So I have a few more episodes that still have to go out. But my mom is very happy. People are like, wow, this is really cool what you do. Um, but 
any pushbacks? I don't know. I guess people are just annoyed when they can't cook their food when I'm doing my podcast interviews or like make noise, you know? <laughs> oh, by the way, I was on, a, I interviewed someone last night and like one of my children were screaming really loudly upstairs and I was like, oh, la la la, you know, <laughs> it's just life. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah, exactly. um, your story is really fascinating and I really appreciate you coming on and I actually have never listened to your podcast, so I can't wait to listen to it. I get like, oh no, I will listen to it. I, I usually listen to podcasts like the same one for like a month like I listen to all the episodes you know oh amazing Big so pot. binge mine and let me know <laughs> yes I will so I'll put all your information in the show notes people can reach out to you and thank you so much for coming on this is awesome thank you so much for having me and again you're just such a nice interviewer because you make the entire environment comfortable and nice and warm like you know I just I want to talk to you I, like for me this is a conversation like if it was up to me, I would stay here talking to you for the whole day because you're just that kind of person. Um, but I know that you got to get back to work and I got to go do things. Yes. But yeah, thank you so, so much. Thank um, you. And guys, check out HebrewHitsRadio.com. That's Hebrew, H-E-B-R-E-W-H-I-T-S-R-A-D-I-O.com. That's my and name. if you want to go on a date with Malia or you know someone from Malia, reach out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> thank you. Sure. Thank you all so much for being here on my podcast, Get Into It with Gila. If you'd like to learn more about what I do and what intuitive eating is, please visit my website at www.gilaglassberg.com or follow me on Instagram at Gila Glassberg. Thank you so much. Have a great day.